Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Asking for a Friend, the podcast where we try to answer the big and small questions in life. I'm your host, Elena, and on today's episode, why teen high school movies are back, and how capitalism has killed chill mode, and what you can do to get it back. And for this week's main topic, my guest Zira and I finally answer the question, should I have a plan B or just trust the process? But before we do, let's get into our first segment, Have You Heard That? So um, apparently, it is still possible to get COVID because I did. I had it last week and excuse my voice and my sniffy nose if you can still hear it. I'm sitting here with my matcha latte that turned out incredible today. If I haven't talked about this yet, that's a surprise because I'm addicted to matcha and I just got this great matcha from Japan that my friend Sophie got her dad to bring me. That was unnecessarily confusing, but basically she got me this through her father from Japan and I couldn't be happier because this matcha is top tier and the worst thing And that's what happens, what I've seen in so many cafes. It's basically what they do is glorified oat milk because there's like a tiny bit of matcha in there. So it tints it a little bit green, but it's not like grass green. It's more like, you know, sage green, I would say. And then you can already tell. It's like, do you still pay four euros for it or even more? But it tastes like just warm oat milk with like a sprinkle of matcha, so much so that you can't even taste the matcha. I am going on a tangent about matcha. You are right, because I I don't think you should pay four euros or more for oat milk. There, I said it. I know it's probably not a controversial take because everything has gotten so damn expensive. But you know what? If I can make it at home, then I might as well pay more for getting good matcha or get it gifted like I got this time. So that makes me very happy. But yeah, um, I think my take on this is make more beverages at home. Don't spend as much money outside unless, unless it's good. I can appreciate well-made coffee, even though I don't drink it, well-made beverages and drinks. If they're well-made, I am so here to pay the amounts of money it takes. But yeah, I did not plan to start with this. Um, Let me take a sip. That's some ASMR shit. Okay. So for have you heard that today, I have only one thing because this has been on my mind for the past week. While I was in bed with COVID, by the way, it wasn't too bad. I had like, I mean, it wasn't comfortable. I had headaches. I had a cough. My nose was running like crazy. My voice still hasn't recovered fully, but you know, I know I have this nice rasp in it, (laughs) which some people have naturally. I get it when I'm sick. But what I did while I was sick, I watched a ton of shows. I got into Once Upon a Time again. I didn't know that they had like six or seven seasons. I'm on season three right now. Before you say, Elena, how in one week you watched three seasons because they all have 22 episodes, I I started with season number three because I was pretty sure I still knew what happened in one and two. So um, I basically did that. And then I came across a movie and it's called Bottoms. And if I tell you this is one of the best teen movies I have seen in a while, I checked the Rotten Tomatoes score and it's 90%, which is insane. That is such a good score. So basically, it's Rachel Zenard who also wrote it and the Bears Ayo Edibiri. And they play two gay teens who set up a fight club in their high school in order to win the affection of their high school cheerleaders because they think they're hot. And before they go to college, they want to pop the cherry. They want to lose their virginity, so on and so forth. This movie... And I love teen, like high school teen movies, 2000s rom-coms. That's my jam. But to be honest with you, what has come out in the recent years with Netflix and all the other streaming services, it's not good. It just doesn't have the same appeal than it had when we were younger or when I was younger. I don't know how old you were when you were listening, but when I was younger, we like, she's the man. We had mean girls. When Amanda Bynes was top tier and all the Mary Kate and Ashley movies. Okay, enough about that. But they're just no good teen movies anymore. You can fight me on this, but I I, I think it's the fact. It's a fact. It's just a fact. 
So when I saw this, I was like, the cast is great. The cast is amazing. So I had high hopes. But it was such a heartwarming and hilarious story. Like it, it bottoms really updates teen movie tropes with a comedy that will have you on the floor laughing. It's hilarious. And if you also are fan a fan of raunchy humor, like there are a lot of F bombs, there's a lot of like really raunchy stuff. This is for you. It's not like the usual high school movie trope, but rather it keeps you and it kept me locked for the entirety of the movie. I did not once grab my phone. And that says something because my attention span isn't what it what it used to be. So if something catches my attention and it holds me, I know it's good. Then I know it's really, really good. And so Bottoms, watch it. You can watch it on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure that it's still on there. Watch it and let me know what you think. Also, just a side note, it's all it's also quite bloody. If you can't see blood, don't. And it's not like a it's not a serious movie, you know, like it's a funny it's a funny movie, movie. It's a funny movie with some action. And also I didn't think Kaya Gerber was a good actress. But I was proven wrong. I mean, she's playing a character that's very much like plays into the whole model type. But um, I actually enjoyed her in this. If you watch it, let me know what you think. I am here to discuss this because I need more movies like this. I need more movies that have this expectation and that have this standard of coming up with a clever story, with great actors, and also with a high school movie trope that isn't the typical cheerleaders against normies, blah, 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 all that shit. So, okay, I'm going to stop this now. This was my have you heard that. So this is, I'm going to leave it at this because I was just, I was over the moon for this one. Which brings us to our second category, which is that's mental. And for that's mental, I want to dive into something a little deeper today. And I'm going to start by this impulse. Capitalism has destroyed chill mode. It has been ingrained in us to be productive all the time. And then when you're trying to chill and you're not productive, you feel bad about yourself because then you're actively, you want to take time for yourself. You're like, okay, I've been productive, so now I, it's time to chill. Mm, nope. And your brain is like, um, what are you doing? Why are you taking a break? Um, other people are getting ahead of you. You have to work now. If you don't work, you're a lazy piece of shit. But when you're too productive and you can't chill, then you burn out. So basically, what we're left with is the lesser of two evils. Either we are completely annihilating ourselves because we feel like we need to be productive all the time. And even if we chill, we can't and we feel bad or we're super productive and we burn out, which then forces us to chill. But when we are forced to chill, the guilt comes back of us feeling like we're not being productive. It's a freaking hamster wheel. It's a vicious cycle. And when we are productive all the time, we also become alienated from ourselves. So when you feel like you're broken because you cannot chill or turn off at all, even if you try, just let me tell you that you're not the only one. And it's not true. You are simply overstimulated. You have too many sources of distractions. And yes, being productive is the source and the trigger of it. And you have all these forms of entertainment coming at you all the time. And that's preventing you from getting into contact with your true self. So when you feel lost, when you feel like you, are, you don't know what to do, and when you feel overstimulated, and when you feel broken, that comes from you preventing yourself from getting in touch with your true self, your soul, and your raw humanity. The part of you who wants to contribute something to the world. And you think that's through being productive because we have been taught, we have been shown that that's the way how we contribute something to society, to the world, to the people around us, to ourselves. But when you do, you feel empty, you feel meaningless because the productiveness often comes from distractions and cheap entertainment. Just think of what is the first thing that you do in the morning. 
You're probably checking your phone, right? So first things first, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you are being distracted and that you are addicted or that you enjoy cheap entertainment. Our world is built for consumption. So what can you do? The first thing is slowly and gradually, consistently reduce the exposure to the distraction. So identify the pieces of content that actually mean something to you and fuel you. Really think about this for a moment. What is content that fuels you? Is that books? Maybe you're a bookworm and maybe scrolling on Instagram and TikTok keeps you from reading the books that you actually want to start or finish. And maybe you have a pile of books on your nightstand that you thought you wanted to read, but then cheap entertainment came in and it's easier because it gives us a distraction from modern day life, from our worries, from our fears, when actually it plays into it. But we already went through that. So think of what creatives resonate with you. Who are you following on Instagram? When you check your phone first thing in the morning, who are you interacting with? Which friends? What content? Do you get the news on your phone? Is that something that is fueling you or is it something that actually makes you feel scared and makes you feel broken and lonely? What are podcasts that lift you up? What are people who make you feel inspired and good? Those are the people and that's the content you want to identify in your life and prioritize this content in your life. And in the meantime, reduce all other content. Unfollow people that make you feel emotions like anger or frustration or fear or animosity, all of this. Identify those and unfollow those people. The TikTok binge videos. Maybe you want to unfollow those people. Maybe you want to put a certain stop or install apps that keep you from being on your phone so much. Meme pages you don't enjoy anymore. The magazines that show you an unattainable beauty standard. The content that makes you feel empty. Reduce that content and prioritize the content that makes you feel the complete opposite, that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel inspired, that makes you feel like you want to go out there and do something new or create something. Become more intentional with what you're doing. And with the space you create through this reduction and also through this prioritization of the things that are good for you, you create room for the chill mode. And in the chill mode, that's where you can explore boredom. Have we talked about boredom yet? Boredom is incredible. And most of us don't even let it in. Most of us don't know what boredom is because we try to keep ourselves entertained all the time. Because if we let in a certain amount of boredom or like any amount of boredom at all, it's a trigger or it's like, it's, it's like losing our safety. We don't want to think about the things that we can't control. And boredom makes us look at those. But boredom also creates the space for the things that emerge from interest. The things that emerge from your creativity. Boredom creates space for new things that are going to play into you contributing to this world. Not through productivity, but through passion. And I just want to encourage you to try this. Try and rediscover your passion and let that fuel you. And you will see that so much faster than buying into cheap entertainment and distractions, you are going to be more full. You're going to feel more connected with yourself. And while doing that, more connected to everyone else around you. And that's on that's mental. That was a good one. That was, that was, <laughs> I felt myself getting into it because I know this too. I've been in there in this spiral of just consuming content that's not good for me. And then I start a book again that I really wanted to read. And then I finish it in a day. And after that, I feel creative. After that, I feel so invigorated and I want to go out there and I want to do something. Like sitting here today, like I wanted to record this podcast yesterday. I wanted to record this intro yesterday, but I couldn't. I was just, I was just not in the mood. And then I did things for myself that felt good. And I reduced the things that made me feel like I was comparing myself. And now I'm here 
with my fresh matcha in hand <laughs> and all of these thoughts just spilling out of me. And that's what can happen to you too. For you too. I have to say that those things don't happen to you. They happen for you guys. All right. That really was that's mental now. And let's get into our main topic. Let's do this. All right, guys, now we come to the best part of the podcast, obviously. So I'm really happy to be able to have the next guest on this podcast. She's a singer-songwriter from Australia. She does dance music, has over 700K monthly listeners on Spotify, with some of her songs being streamed in the double-digit millions. That's millions with an M. I've come to know her for her absolutely energetic personality and have been inspired by her story which we will get into in today's episode. So welcome to the pod, Thank Tamika. You. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. By the way, do you like to be introduced by your like, your government name or like by your artist name? Um, honestly, it's I, I don't mind. People call me Meeks. People call me Tamika. People call me Zira. Um, I, I, while I'm in London, a lot more people call me Zira. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but yeah. Um, my friends call me Meeks, so you can call me Meeks. Oh, Meeks. <laughs> I love Meeks, but also with Zira, I have this with, with Instagram names. Whenever someone oh, has true. an Instagram name, that, that's the most amount of time I see yep. the name. Yes, so of course. there are people I don't even know the real name. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, your name is not uh, Sexy Baby 300. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, oh, oh no, gosh. it's actually Anna. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, thank you so yeah. much for being here today. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's so good that we could do it in person. Oh my God. I literally wanted to say that just now because this is such a different feeling. Just yeah. sitting across from someone yes, it's and so not being like around the world. But that's the beautiful thing if you're in the same city. It is. So initially I need to move here. So yes. I can do this with more people. I keep saying everyone needs to move to London. I think most Australians are moving to London, but there's a huge community here. <laughs> yes. Holy it's shit. so good. So many New Zealanders, so many yes. Australians. Everyone's kind of yeah. coming over to this side of the world. Well, as they should. But yes, no, like, should. I, yes. but the thing I say I say that and I've never been to Australia on <laughs> But I heard great yeah. things because I have friends from Australia and New Zealand, not only through being in London, but also because I didn't know pair year. And then oh, we yeah. always hung around. Like there were, was like the Germans. Yes. Yeah. So many Germans <laughs> do are, become au pairs. I think same with Australians. Yeah. Yes. But the Australians, there were only three in our group. Okay. But we always like me and my friend from Vienna, like we all always like hung out with the, with the Australian girlies, yeah. which was a good call. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, this is so cool. So to just get into the episode before we yeah. start with like the, the deep shed. Okay. <laughs> I sent you two questions. The first oh, no. being, yep. what's your celebrity hall pass? Louis Theroux. Like, I didn't even have to think about it. Louis Theroux. <laughs> I love Louis Theroux. <laughs> I love Louis. This is, okay, explain. I am such a stan and it's like, it's hilarious. I just love, like, he, he's so dry. I've watched every single episode. It's kind of embarrassing. I just did a photo shoot recently for one of my singles and um, the photographer did Louis Theroux's portraits. And I was like, so starstruck. Whenever, oh my it's God. So funny. If I think of a, a portrait from Louis Theroux, I think like, do you know these like Walmart, like, <laughs> the awkward yes. family photos but that's like but with Louis Theroux it has kind of like an iconic character all the time he's so he's so beautifully awkward and I I, I just I love it he's so dry and I I love how he like he digs so deep yes but he just he's just always and he says some shit that's like really it's so intense but like it's just he's just always just so like unassuming with it and yeah anyway that's I could talk about him for hours. I did. Okay, I have to out myself though. Yes. I didn't know who Louis Theroux was oh before. <laughs> you know, before what? What? The whole jiggle jiggle. Oh, no. <laughs> My money down no. jiggle jiggle. It falls. Yeah. So like, again, yes. I speak about TikTok here all of the time. Yeah. It's even an, an, its own segment where yes. it's all about like the TikTok trends mm -hmm. and the celebrity gossip and drama. Totally. And I f sometimes I feel I'm not a millennial. You think I'm a Gen Z. I mean, they've come out with this like new zillennial thing as well. Have you heard True. of that? But I'm not, I'm not even in that bracket. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I it's mean, just, wait, you're also, you're 92, right? Yeah, zillennial. Is that a zillennial? Yes, because I'm also year. 92. But there we go. Zillennials. That makes so much sense now. Yeah. We're connected to the youth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's like just us trying to be, but like, I think it's just about being around pop culture. 
Oh and, fuck yeah. You know, and and being I'm I'm in awe of pop culture and how like how it changes so rapidly and everything like that. And it's yes. such a massive part of music and um and songwriting even you kind of have to be aware of all of the different like trends, nuances yeah. and and inside jokes almost from TikTok and you know, it you have to be aware of it. So I I love it, honestly. Yes. Yeah. You know what, really, and I don't know if I got into this in, in a previous episode, but what I really, really don't like when you say like the, the trends on, for example, online, but on TikTok mainly, yeah. I hate it when musicians tease a snippet of their song <laughs> for like a gazillion years, because I'm just, if it's two weeks, I get it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But at some point I'm like, I will not get back here. Yes. I, the, the algorithm would probably not bring me back. So of like, course. give me the song. I need this yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you, but also knowing like the, knowing how it works on the label side oh, and like so all much. of that sort of stuff. I just, I, I feel for, I'm independent and self-managed. So I get to make a lot of the decisions myself. Yes. Um, but I really feel for some of these artists who just like are kind of like lacking quite a lot of control yeah. over how they how they market the stuff and and what they're allowed to put out and yeah. all of that sort of thing. So yeah, those trends kind of, they are kind of annoying, um, but sometimes they work. I mean, yeah, that's true. But Tate McRae, she like, she teased greedy for so long. But you know who like it is worked. the OG? The OG is Charlie Puth. Yeah. Right, the whole light switch thing. I think totally. in my mind, he teased this for six months. <laughs> <laughs> because so much happens. Exactly. So, so much happens. And um, I mean, I think, I like to just, I get, a, I get bored as well. So yeah. I like to do different songs and it's, it's been cool because I've had lots of different music that's come out recently. So I've just kind of been able to like do yeah. the different songs all at once, but love it. honestly, yeah. If you have one single and you're only putting that single out and the label is like, you've got to do this. Uh, I, true. I mean, you sometimes you're at the mercy of, of those bigger, big, big business. I take it back. Fine, <laughs> fine, 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 fine. No, but like, I hear you. Yeah. I totally hear you. It's still annoying. It is. <laughs> Thank you. So we found a middle ground here. Yeah. <laughs> so question number two. Okay. Yes. What's an unpopular opinion you have? I don't know if it's unpopular, but probably unsupported is that you don't need social media to have a music career. That is a good opinion. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm, six years into my music career now, songwriting yeah. and, and my original stuff. Um, and it wasn't really until the last six months. I mean, I've had Instagram, but like yeah. I, I haven't, I, I haven't really been using it. Um, and I, yeah, it wasn't really until the last six months, honestly, like the last month really, mm -hmm. where um, I decided to I have the energy to put into social media. Yes. And so I've now been able to kind of do that and, and take it on. But I had upwards of a hundred million streams before I started doing social media. That's incredible because the amount of like now that I, because I do creative artist coaching, yeah. when I talk to musicians, there's a lot of times there is this fear of like, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I'm too old. Like I'm not present enough. I, I have to that. do more. And it's yeah. like, it, it goes through the whole, basically through the whole music industry. Yeah. And there's apparently this, this idea that you have to be 20 and like fresh out I, of like songwriting camp. Yeah. I definitely, um, not to sort of you know, badmouth Australia or anything, but because it is smaller and because the industry is smaller and because there is a radio station that kind of has the monopoly that is a youth radio station, yeah. the music does and, and the industry does feel like it has an expiry date, yeah. especially for women. And so I have had this conversation so much with people um, from Australia who have moved over here. And honestly, when, if you had have asked me two or three years ago, yeah. I would have said, yes, I'm, I'm past my use Prime. by date. <laughs> like I'm past my, yeah, because I, um, I'm, I was past that, you know, youth, um, thing. And I was 25 before I wrote my yeah. first song. And wow, so yeah. I was a, I, I would say that I was a songwriter mm -hmm. and that, and, and I, 
don't know. It's kind of, I guess, chicken or the egg. Like, did I feel that and then not go down the artist path or was I sort of, I, I mean, I had a lot of personal stuff going on so that I wasn't really doing the artist thing and the songwriting side of it worked really, really well for me. Yeah. And so I think, um, but yeah, in terms of Australia, I think there definitely is a, um, a time where uh, like an age bracket where, um, people start to feel like they're, they're, they're on their way out or, yeah. or whatever it is. London doesn't mm-hmm. exist. That's an, that's interesting. It does not exist. And it, um, I mean, if you're wanting to do pop, you need to be in pop culture. You need yeah, to understand sense. pop culture, right? Yes. But, and, and obviously that's easier if you're in a younger age bracket where, exactly. um, you're, that's what you're living and you're everything that you're surrounded by is popular culture. Um, but it doesn't need to be it doesn't have anything to do with your age. Yeah. And I think over here, I feel like there's so much opportunity and so much going on. Yeah. And I I don't even feel um, pressured by the the need to... Yeah, I, I mean, I am kind of focusing on the artist side a little bit yeah. more now in the last six months or so, um, which I never thought I would do. But I... Yeah, I think mainly that's because it doesn't feel like there's yeah. a, a pressure. It doesn't feel like I'm c- getting to the end of the age bracket. Which in it's in itself, this whole idea of having a timeline, of having an expiration date, it's, it's so fucking stupid. It's like dumb. it makes it's no dumb. sense. You don't listen to a song and go, Ugh. "Oh my god, I love this song. I wonder how but old she's she is." Forty. <laughs> well, like you know, yeah, like you might if you already know how old she is, but yes, if, but if or how old they are. But I'm saying she is because that is the reality. Mainly, unfortunately, exactly. It's mainly um in regards to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there was a post the other day on TikTok where someone was like, "Tell me why." you know, I feel like I'm 20, but then when I hang out with 20 year olds, I'm, I saw the, that you know, post. And, and I commented on that and I was like, because 30 is not old. We've no. just been told it is. And the amount of comments that I got, like, I mean, there was obviously a lot of support for that comment, but the amount of comments back I got being like, you've got one foot in the grave. Like you're, you're old. The audacity. Old, old. And I'm like, wait, sorry. Like, no, no, but I love your unpopular opinion because thank you. I feel like nowadays social media is so glamorized and it's being made this thing that without it, I mean, even that record labels, not only record labels, but whether you're an actor or you're a musician, whenever you want to go somewhere, you're being asked how many followers you have. Are you already bringing a viewership? Are you already bringing fans into a fandom? So the amount of times, I mean, I think it's over right now a little bit or like at least it receded a little bit is the amount of times content creators were or YouTubers, all of that were cast in movies because the directors were thinking, yeah, they're already bringing a fan base. Of course. But then of course, like you have, and I think Alison Stoner said that on her podcast, you have professionally trained actors who know, who have mastered the craft, who yeah. know how to do all of this. Yeah. So of course you won't get the same amount of professionalism. Yes. That I you mean, have it happened actors. in the music industry too. There exactly. were a lot, there was a, a moment in time where a lot of labels were signing influencers first yes. and then, you know, creating the music. And I think we are seeing a shift away from that now. But I think that the my main point in terms of my unpopular opinion is yeah. there are multiple ways to do it. Exactly. You just have to find something that works for you. If you are an influencer and you want to release music, great. Cool. Use that to your advantage. Yes. If you don't like social media and you are someone who doesn't have the energy for that or you're someone who kind of gets really anxious or whatever it is because of social media, then do the songwriting side of it, do the, um, the feature vocal side of it where, you know, they, that was how I was doing things. They, they sent me all of the stuff that I needed to put out as marketing and that's like, it was done for me already. Exactly. You know, I, all I had to do was go in the studio, write the song, record it, and then 
once it's um, sold, it's, you know, it's the label's it's problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you deal with it. I'm not I'm no longer dealing with it. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just about, in, and in life in general, I guess, just finding things that like feel right for you. You don't yeah. have to do it in a way that um, everyone else, everyone is, doing else is doing it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, to get to from that, I feel like we can easily segue into the main topic though, right. because our topic for today is should you have a plan B or trust the process? And you know exactly how I feel about that. That's why you're here today, because <laughs> that's both of us. When we connected the first time, we yes. talked a lot about our lives, where it went. And you have such an interesting story because you came from Australia, first of all. Um, it's a really weird story. And honestly, the the topic of um, not having a plan B and just trusting the process, it's kind of been forced upon me in a way. Um, I, I've gone through phases of trying to like force things and into, you know, certain, um, in certain areas of my life. But I basically, I wasn't doing music. I was, I grew up as a swimmer, I was doing swimming like 11 times a week. I was, you know, I was in there at five o'clock in the morning and all of that sort of thing. And then I had shoulder surgery and that was at 15. And so I, um, that was the kind of the first one where it was like, okay, cool. Um, you can have all of these plans and these goals, but life's going to have a different idea for you. Yes. Um, that was, that was the first one. And so then I was 15 and I was kind of like, okay, that's what I thought my life was going to look like. What are we going to do now? Um, and my uncle basically, uh, messaged my mom and said, you know, um, your cousin is going to go to this jazz camp, but he went last year and it was a little bit, you know, like scary for him. And he was like quite young. Um, and, he was wondering whether you would go with him. And I mean, I'd sung a little bit. I'd done like school musicals and that kind of thing, but um, never really thought of doing singing as a career. Yeah. And then, so I went to jazz camp <laughs> and I loved it. It was great, but it was like, I was just having fun with it and whatever. Um, and then I went the year after and then it was... Um, time to choose where I was going to go to university. And I chatted to one of the coaches from the jazz camp and she said, there's this really cool school in Sydney that does pop music and you could get a bachelor's degree out of that. Um, and so I applied and I told my dad and I didn't tell my mom straight away. <laughs> and, and then I got in and, and then, so, um, I, I told my mom and basically moved to Sydney within a month of of applying. <laughs> How did your mom react? She was incredible. Um, you know, my mom and dad have always uh, been the type of parents who set us up, my brother and I, to be independent and to uh, have our own goals and and that sort of thing. It was obviously scary, and yeah. um, and it would be really interesting to hear her take on you know, what she was feeling at the time, but she didn't let any of that get in the way. She just went, okay, cool. This is the next step. And they yeah. set me up. They took me to Sydney. Um, and we, I moved in, I was 17 at the time. And I, I basically ended up living in Sydney for the next four years at university. I feel like your mom and my mom have this in common because when I went I had this thing where I, I went to do an au pair gig yes. in America. Yeah. And because I was a child that was very homesick all of the time, okay. when I told my mom about wanting to do the au pair thing, she's yeah. like, mm -hmm, sure. She, like, <laughs> she didn't she, believe you. <laughs> she literally, she did not. Like she left me to fend for myself basically when I started with the application. Okay. And um, mom, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, and she heard this story before. Like yeah, I told her before, yeah. but basically she did not support me um, with the whole application. Yeah. Until I sent it. Yeah. Then she was all in. She was okay. so supportive. Yeah. Literally, but she wanted to see that I wanted it. Of course. Because yeah. it, I mean, if you... If you had seen me as a child, like I couldn't go one town over um, wow, okay. to, to just like sleep over at That's someone's so place cool sometimes. Though, so that, like that, that was a dream of yours and you kind of overcame yeah. that. 
And I mean, yeah. okay, I have to say also like that stopped when I was like 12 or so, but no, still, but, yeah, but still it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Though, and know. so after that, my mom, she's always been my biggest supporter, also a big warrior as well. Yeah. Especially when, like when I went to uni, I went to a private college. Okay. So yeah, um, she, she supported me in that as well. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, we're going to make it work. Yeah. I still lived at home because it was absolutely not feasible to move to another city and live yeah. there. And it was, I had to commute every day, like one and a half yeah, okay. hours, which over three years was tedious, yeah, horrible. Yeah. It would have been a two hour flight for me because Australia is oh, so well, Why didn't you commute to- <laughs> Why didn't you commute? Every That's day. so weird. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I feel like what our moms have in common is they saw that there is a drive for something. Yeah. They saw that there is a passion yeah. and then just supported it. The same came with me becoming, like building my own business, becoming yeah. self-employed. Yeah. My mom was really worried. Yeah. She said like, what are you going to do? Like everything's going to be so expensive. What are, like you won't have like a, a steady income basically. Yeah. And um, for me, it wasn't, it, my parents have always been the ones who kind of made me feel like I could do anything. Love that. There was never any like, how are you going to do it? It was like, I mean, it it was always, they, they gave me this confidence and strength to, to just like jump. Yeah. Um, and being away from them kind of sometimes I would lose that. But anytime I went back to Australia, uh, and anytime I went back to Adelaide, it was, I always felt like, okay, I've got this, I can do this. I'm, you know, straight away. And that was, I'm so grateful for that. Like there's, there's definitely been, um, I mean, I'm sure they worry, but they don't tell me. They worry. Yeah. (laughs) They don't tell you, but you know, they are, but, um, but did your whole idea that because from what we talked about before you yeah. said that you never had a plan B was that already like were you when you knew you were going to go to that university was there ever the thought of maybe I do something else no I mean at that point I I mean I guess I've always just been the type of person who gets really excited over new things and so yeah. I was like okay cool nice. this is a That's new challenge it. let's go like yes. let's go to Sydney and and it felt really interesting and um, exciting. And then I finished, um, university and I had no idea what I was going to do. I did covers singing, like covers gigs that yeah. whole time. And, um, and I was always performing, but I never, I, it still didn't feel like singing was going to be a my career. career. Yeah. yeah. And then I, um, and so I did a little bit of like event management and bookings and stuff like that. And then I got to the end of university and I was like, okay, um, actually my cousin paid for me to go on a cruise for my 21st birthday and fancy. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Um, we, we went on this cruise and my eyes were opened up again to this whole new world. And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe that could be, uh, something I could do is, you know, go and travel and sing at the same time. Yeah. And so I did that. I went, um, and I worked on a cruise ship for six months and, um, and did that. It's never really been about, um, I guess it's, it's always, I've always been the type to just kind of like jump. And I love that like exciting new feeling of being, being able to just kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it's adrenaline, like the yeah. unknown, I guess. Were you never scared of doing, of like taking the next step? I love the chaos. Oh my God. I because love I feel like the chaos. When you're telling me this, like I'm, I'm equally, I need change, but yeah. then at the same time, my anxiety is like through the roof. I have all these ideas in my head, what could go wrong before I say like, and I've worked on this. Like that's why I do coaching. Like I have a lot of anxiety, Yeah, but it's never really around that. I'm just kind of the type of person who just like goes with it. Um, And I've said this before. I, my favorite thing is just like the path of least resistance. Like just Mm, in life. Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, I think, in terms of having a plan B, I I think it's really important that you you just jump. But I, I mean, I think if you were to choose, like you should be going for your goals. You should know yeah. exactly what your goals are and you should be going for those. And nothing that you do should take you away from those goals. Yeah. But you also have to have, the closest I would get to a plan B is the fact that like, I don't really ever have plans anymore. Yeah, I feel a plan B keeps you from actually going all in yes. on your actual goal. And I don't mean, and that's that's something I've 
I feel like we need to emphasize. Let's say you want to build your own business, yeah, but you don't have any money like saved up. Yeah. If you have no connections, no connections, not even, but if you don't have any money saved up, if you don't have that safety, if you need that, if you're someone who needs that to yeah. feel okay, yeah, you should not go go all in in your business. You should not jump and then then be like, yeah, and I will figure it out then. It's like, yeah. That is not sustainable. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. especially when you're an anxious person, mm. that will, you will not be able to be a good business owner if you do that. It's but, all part of the goals. Yeah. It, it needs to all kind of go together. It doesn't mean that you're going to be able to, like, if you want to be an artist, that's the only thing you do and you, you end yeah. up like that's, me saying don't have a plan B is usually more um, don't have a job that takes up your time that is not going to add to the goals. Yes. Find find a job that is going to add more like it's find a job that's going to add more money to your goal or connections to your goal yeah. or um, it's going to put you in spaces that teach you things that are going to help in the future. I, I've had lots of jobs over, over the years in different areas of music, in tour management and artist liaison and event management and, and cover singing and all yeah. of those things. And all of those things have added up to me getting to where I'm at at the moment. Stay in your realm, basically, yes, right? exactly. And exactly. Instead, of, instead of thinking as a it's not really a plan b then because you're staying in the realm of your zone of genius your zone of creativity exactly and you wouldn't start working at an it firm if you what you want to do is event management like no, it just exactly. it doesn't give you the same opportunities i mean you can still do that but then also question what is your motive for doing it and exactly. i think what this comes down to is not just having goals mm. but having a why yeah. What is your reason? Yeah. And, and that's timeline what, too. Yeah. And that's yeah. what so many people get hung up on. It's like they have these goals where they want to be. Yeah. But then they just go for the goals. And whenever they reach the goal, it's no longer as satisfying as it was when you were dreaming about it. Because yes. then it's done. Because then it's no longer the future. It's the yeah. present moment. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. present moment is never as exciting yeah. as what we figure out for the future, what we dream up for the future. So exactly what you can do, and that's what basically what you're saying with this is yeah. have little goals all along the way, mm. but have them under the umbrella of a why. Yes. Why are you doing this? So what was your why when you got into the music industry? Why did you want to go there? Honestly, I love the lifestyle. Yeah. I love working for myself. I love the flexibility of being able to choose when I work. I love the fact that now I love the fact that it works into my therapy essentially mm -hmm. because I'm just writing about my problems and my, you know, everything um, all the time. But But initially, I think, the reason why music was so exciting to me was because I wasn't going and doing the same thing every day. Yeah. And it still kind of is that same why. It's yeah. I love the chaos. I love being in something new every day, a new situation, a new place, something I've never done before. Yeah. But it's all kind of under this umbrella of music. Yeah. And I think that's why for me, it doesn't really matter how this music thing turns out because my goal is to have a good lifestyle, yeah. to have the money to pay for the lifestyle I want. And music is a way to do that. Yeah. And it just adds up. It just adds into everything. Totally. It just keeps accumulating and it keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. And the, the plans, as I said, they've changed. You know, I thought I was just going to be a songwriter. I didn't think I was going to do the artist thing. Yeah. Now I'm doing the artist thing. And that's um, because I I thought I was, I mean, I was married. I Oh um, yeah, we need to touch on that because <laughs> that I feel like this goes into your story. It really does. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I went, um, I guess, you know, to, to go back it, a little bit, I uh, went to America, lived there, you know, did the cruise ship thing, lived in America for a while um, and then came back to Sydney and I saw, like, I came back to Sydney and I was like, I could do exactly what I was doing four years ago before yeah. I moved to America, but that wasn't, that didn't uh, align with the why. I don't want to be working in the same venues, singing at the same 
places every single night that I was doing when I was 20. Yeah. And so I, you know, kind of tried to branch out a little bit more, tried to do some other things. I went into event management. I, I How was started, that for you? I mean, it was it was okay. I I think, you know, it was a different side of the music industry. It taught me a lot. It taught me how to be self-managed in terms of what I'm doing now. Um, and so I, I don't regret it, but it was, um, it, it wasn't really where I wanted to be. And it felt, uh, I mean, I had to work for someone else. So I didn't, that, that didn't align really with my personality. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, oh my God. I feel you so much on this. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love since, working for myself. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where my, that's where my idea of, because I also don't have a plan B. Yes. My biggest fear is, and this might sound so harsh, but like, and I don't want to, I don't want to reproduce my fears, but my biggest fear is like having to work for someone else again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just so don't nice. think I could do it. No. I, I, and I, um, I mean, I, I know that I could in terms of my resume, um, in yeah. terms of the things that I have experience with. Um, but I just, I don't like, it feels maybe it's part of being like a bit of a commitment phobe. I met a whole new group of friends in Sydney and then I found out that they were doing songwriting. Um, yeah. and my now ex-husband was doing that and, um, and ended up pulling me in to do a recording, um, for the voice Australia. We were just doing like the demos. They were writing the songs for the, for the artists, like for the, the winning you know, the finalists yeah. or whatever it was. Um, and I was, my eyes were opened to this whole new career, this whole other side of um, almost untapped, you know, part of the industry. And again, that was um, something that really excited me because it, it still felt like it was in the same world. It felt like it was going to create that lifestyle and all of that sort of thing. But again, it was new. It was really yeah. exciting and all of that. And so I started songwriting with um with that whole group and I um I learned that it was something that you could do as a career um and and I threw myself into that uh that side of it and I I still did a lot of like the event um I mean tour management and a lot of the business side of things yeah. um but I I started to just kind of move in the direction of doing original music love that which wasn't part of the plan either no <laughs> but when you say you said earlier path of least resistance yeah I, I figured that some people who listen to this yeah they're like yeah but how do I do this how do I follow the path of least resistance like how do I know where that path is how do I find that as long as it feels right for you I love if it's not a fuck yes, it's a it's hell a, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that's the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Just following things that come up and being open to opportunities, knowing, I think, like we said before, that your bigger goal is this, you, you have to have this overarching why. Yeah. It makes the path of least resistance a lot easier. Yeah. Because if you're focused in on my goal is to get a record deal. Yeah. Then you're you're going to probably miss other opportunities that might get you to that in the end. Because you only have like your version in mind how that could happen. Exactly. It's the ego way, right? Like the ego is yeah, like, it's my way or the highway. Uh, so like, yeah. I know exactly. So get to get a record deal, I need to do X, Y, Z steps. But yeah. then you limit yourself. And once yeah. you broaden your horizon, you're like, okay, I'm ready to let everything in. I'm ready exactly. to let life surprise me yeah. and no longer just think that I have all the answers because, um, spoiler alert, we don't. The amount of times we think we have the best idea possible. No, no, we don't. Yeah, exactly. And are we, we God? No, we, we don't. Not. We don't know what we don't know. And yes. so I, I think I've learned over the last few years. And as I said, I was married. I did three years of IVF and that was the plan. I started yeah. to kind of feel like, okay, now, like I've, I've done all of this like spontaneous stuff and now society tells me that I get to settle down and I get to do the kids thing. And then that's, I know what my life is going to look like after that. The IVF didn't work for me. And so I had, I made a choice at a certain point to 
um, move in a different direction. Yeah. And honestly, I, I started having seizures. And so that was a pretty, like, I, I mean, it, <laughs> it kind of forces you in that way. Yeah. But again, life, at, like you can make as many plans as you like. Life's going to have a different plan for you. Yeah. And so I continued on with like the overarching, uh, I really want to have a great lifestyle. I want to be excited about life. I want to be, you know, I want new things, right? When you say your lifestyle, because you yeah. touched on it multiple times now, what does yeah, that look sorry. like? What does, your look, what does your ideal lifestyle look like? I mean, it, my ideal lifestyle is what I'm doing right now. Honestly, awesome. it's so good. And it is it is being able to go out on a Wednesday night and not have to worry about like, oh, I have to be up at 7 a.m. to go to work. Yeah. Or uh, being able to, and I know this doesn't work for everyone, but for me, I love the spontaneous stuff. I love the other day I went, um, I was, I was just going to kind of be doing emails and admin. And I got a message at 9.30 in the morning from James Carter, who released that um, Bad Memories song with uh, Medusa. Ooh, and yes. it, it's on like 360 million streams. Wow. Like I love James and I love what he's doing. And he messaged me at 9.30 and said, do you want to come into a session in Brighton? And I was like, yeah, cool. And, you know, an hour later I was on a train to Brighton and we wrote two songs that day and it was incredible. And you never know and where that leads. Exactly. You never know. Like, and I feel like this is also part of like trust the process, not yeah. having a plan B. Like yeah. you can just be there and say, Hey, I don't know what comes from this, but I'm open to find out. Well, the thing is, if you're only ever doing stuff that excites you, yeah. then your whole life is going to be successful. Yeah. If you're, if you're only ever doing something, if you're only ever doing things that you love, then you're going to be really excited when they like come to fruition. But now I have something yeah. to, to raise to this because I sure. can already hear because I have people in, not in my life, but I heard this before mm. when, because I'm big on del being delusional, right? Like, yeah. I feel like this is also part of trust the process totally. and not having a plan B. It's like, yeah. be delusional, yeah. dream up the most delusional version of your life yeah. because we always tell ourselves all the things that could go wrong. What if yeah. we started telling ourselves all the things that could go right? It's a different energy. It's like, exactly. it's attracting instead of pushing away. So I can already hear some people say, Yes, makes, but we cannot always be like excited about everything. Life is not a, like life is not an easy, like a joy ride. Yeah, but it can be. Exactly. It really can be. And that I, I'm, I am not discounting um, people's mental health because yeah. I have, um, I've had my own journey with mental health over the last 12 years. I have PTSD and I've spent multiple weeks in the mental health hospital and that type of thing, I know that it's not a, it's not a great, like it's not always a, a happy time, Yeah. but if you can, if you can be doing, saying yes to things that you, that feel really exciting to you, yeah. then even when those, like those lows come, you're, you've got stuff that might come to fruition in a, like if, If this thing is exciting to you and the possibilities of this thing are exciting to you, then when the possibilities come to fruition, you're going to have, it's going to be exciting. Exactly. It's, and, and that only you can decide what that is. Yeah. And you also have to figure out for yourself or recognize for yourself that to do this, you have to be okay that there might be disappointments. Yeah. That is part of the process. That's I get rejection of, every oh my single God. day. But what do we, what have we learned? Rejection is divine protection. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I've never heard that, but that, I love that so but much. There, there are That's two so versions. The yes. one is rejection is divine protection and the other one is rejection is redirection. Yeah. And that is basically it. Yeah. If you follow and that's, That's also part of not having a plan B because some rejections yeah. are there to guide you into the direction that you're supposed to go. Yeah. There was this one instance, I applied for jobs just before the pandemic and there was this one agency that I, really, I was still working in the entertainment fashion industry. Yeah. So I really wanted to be with that agency at that okay. agency um, in Amsterdam because yeah. my goal was I want to move to Amsterdam that's it yeah. now it's London but yeah. you know <laughs> again oh, wait, plans change yeah exactly no plan B yeah. we just go where we where we can so yeah. and 
it turns out, so I didn't get it because on the day that I sent in my application, um, I had a direct contact to the CEO mm-hmm. through a friend of mine. Yeah. And he was like, I really love your resume and everything. This sounds so good. Unfortunately, we just found someone today. Oh no. I was like, no, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah. Fast forward. Yeah. Two years later. Yeah. That guy, um, apparently, um, like he was arrested. Oh, what yeah. the owner? Mm-hmm. Oh, he had to, they had to close down the whole agency. Wow. So and I was just like, I only found this out because I randomly searched the agency. I was like, oh, I'm wondering what they're doing now. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, temp- like temporarily closed. Oh. And then I said, and then I went a little further. I did a little digging. Yeah. My journalism degree <laughs> kicked in. But love stalking. I got into it and I was like, oh, that's why it was not yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I would have never gone into this career path that I'm in right now yeah. if I would have done it. Yeah. Same way, maybe we would have never met. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's been so many moments like that for me where I, you know, swimming didn't work out. I had yes. shoulder injury and then I went, I ended up in Sydney and then I ended up, you know, like there's there's just been so many moments where things haven't worked out. And yeah. and when you look back over the years and that's why I love being 30 because oh, yes. it's when like you have these, you know, years of, of your life where you can look back and be like, I, this makes so much sense. Yes. And so it allows you to trust the process a lot more. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, you know that probably it is just a redirection. But again, if you're always doing stuff that excites you or you're doing stuff that is that feels really right to you you're gonna be on the right path exactly you're going to be doing things that make you happy and for me that was what moving to London was yeah moving to London was um was basically me going okay cool this isn't working yeah let me just find things that make me really happy. Oh, let me just only say yes to things that make me really excited, really happy, really and and just blanketly say no to things that I'm not super interested in. And that doesn't only have to be the big decisions like yeah. moving somewhere. It can also be in what house share do I want to move? Do yeah. I want to move in an apartment? Um, am I going to take on a job here? Am yeah. I going to go to this coffee shop or that coffee shop? It exactly. starts with, like, the, with the tiniest little decisions. If that you just you kind of follow things that like actually yeah. make you happy, then it is a lot easier to be happy in life. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I had this moment this year yeah. where I was, I was here in London actually February for an acting class. I did yeah. like a one month acting class. Cool. And I w- got to this point in April or like, I think it was March or April yeah. where I had no idea. Like when I looked, when I thought of the future, the rest of the year, 2023, mm. I, it was for me like a black box. I could not visualize what was coming because I didn't know where am I going to live because I couldn't stay here at the time. Yeah, and totally. I, I was, I'm, I'm on and off, like just like having my base at my mom's place, mm-hmm. which also used to be one of my biggest fears. That would, that for me at some point in my life was the, would have been the sign of defeat. I was always so wow. scared. So the moment I have to move back to yeah, into my my that. family home. Yeah. That is when my business has failed. But <laughs> spoiler alert, surprise, surprise. Actually, I decided to move my base home when my business as was at its height in my first year. Wow. Because it okay. made the most sense. Yeah. Because I decided Hamburg did no longer feel like a fuck yes. Yeah. It felt like there a meh. Can. I had yeah. my friends there. Yeah. I had my life there. But it no longer felt like I was excited about it. And yeah. then it made some, I realized I want to travel. Why did I become self-employed? I, yeah. one of the reasons was to work from wherever in the world. Yeah. I could be on a sandy beach. I could be somewhere in the suburbs. It doesn't matter. I could still do my job. Yes. And I was like, why do I have this apartment? Yeah. Why am I paying money for this? And then yeah. trying to rent it out. Being locked down to things that Couldn't. we don't need to be. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I learned in um, I when I was in the mental health hospital, we did a lot of group therapy things, yeah. and um, and the therapist was talking about um, Brené Brown's um, mm. kind of animation that's been made or something. But it was just kind of talking through. It was this 
It was this idea that as kids, everything's new. Yes. And so we're really excited because we're curious and, and life is easier and life is a lot easier to handle because everything is new. And then you get to a certain point in your life, you know, probably in your early 20s where you've figured it out, but like you're you're in a routine, right? And so you kind of, your brain starts to shut off a little bit more because you know which train you're going to catch and you know which, uh, you know how you're going to do this and and everything kind of ends up being the same and, yeah. and it starts to, um, your brain is firing less. Yeah. And so for me, moving to London was about being curious again. Yeah. Being, having things, having every single day be something new. Me having to learn how the trains work in London. Oh, yeah. Me having to learn how, like where everything is and learn a new map in my brain of yeah. like, you know, the geography of London and all of these things. It, it makes life so much more exciting when you can be curious about everything. And that goes into the plan B thing as well. Yeah. And you have a plan B, you never allow yourself to really just figure out like what excites you because yeah. it's like having a safety net. Yep. But if you trust the process, trusting the process also means trusting that whatever decision you make, yeah. there will be a net. Exactly. If you jump, if you take a leap, just trust that the net is going to be there. And I don't mean yeah. you have to be reckless and make decisions that absolutely will ruin you. It comes no, back yeah. to, again, like the path of least resistance. Exciting, yeah. but it shouldn't feel unsafe. It yes. shouldn't feel, um, it. there should be adrenaline attached to it, but it shouldn't feel like it's a um, unnecessary risk. Yeah. All of those types of things. So there's a balance to it, yes. but it definitely is about finding um, finding a way to to kind of make it, new and um and open yourself up to new people and yeah. new opportunities and new things because that's the only way that you're going to keep growing yeah um one of my favorite things that my dad used to say a lot as um as a kid oh well when i was a kid <laughs> we were way less stable working a stable job quote unquote because you can be fired by someone else Facts, absolute facts, and oh, I don't know who I talked to. I don't know who I talked to about this, but exactly the same. Yeah, being self-employed. Yes, if you can diversify your income so that you always have income coming in in, in from different areas, yeah. then you are the most stable that you could ever be. Yeah. Because, and he also said, you know, no, no more than twenty percent of your income should come from one source. Yeah, in life, because if that you know, things away. happen, right? Yeah. If that company shuts down or if, you know, something, whatever, they get arrested or something yeah. like that, you know, it's, if that is your a hundred percent of your income, then yeah. you're, you're in trouble. I think we, what we can break it down to is instead of having a plan B, make sure you have something that makes you feel safe. For me, it was yeah. always having a certain amount of money in yeah. my um, savings account. Yeah. So I always knew whenever something would happen, I could at least afford a flight yeah. or a train or like to go home. Exactly. That is, and yeah. I talked to my brother about this because my brother used to be the person yeah. that said, why are you saving your money? Like you're just sitting on it. What if you die tomorrow? It's like, yeah, then it goes to someone else. Yeah. But <laughs> after I told him my reasons yeah. for saying like, I don't have a plan B, but I want to make sure that when my plan A, like that my plan A is supported. Yes. It's supported for yeah. the worst case scenario. That it's money is not for like, you know, for like business decisions. It's yeah. for, for the basic necessities. Yeah, yeah. And it means that you don't need to go to a plan B. Exactly. It means that you don't need to, like if this all kind of, if your plan A feels like it's starting to fall apart, you don't need to go and find a job like tomorrow. No. You've got a month to figure work the out. shit out. Yeah. yeah. And you've got, you've got that savings. You've got the safety net. If that is to go home, then cool. If that is to stay exactly where you are and you can eat, you know, then that's great. Yeah. It means that you are allowed to jump and that is your safety net. Yeah. And in this case, the plan, not having a plan B grants you much more freedom yeah. than always having to think like, yeah, but if that doesn't work out, 
then have something else. Yes. Yeah. You can, you can have your dreams and I have like stuff up on my walls of like really, really specific goals. Like people I want to work with, DJs I want to work with, songwriters I want to work with, you know, people like where exactly I see money coming in from, you know, in the next six months, whatever it's on my wall. But the overarching thing is that I want this lifestyle and this, like the money to be able to continue this lifestyle. And so none of that needs to happen No, to keep that going. Yeah. But to sum this up, not having a plan B comes down to you starting to trust yourself because that's what it comes down to. Yeah. You only have a plan B yep. if you don't trust that you are able to make plan A happen. Yeah. Trust yourself and only do things that make you happy or excited. Yes. And that will be your process. I feel like there's no better way to cap <laughs> to this topic. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. But first of all, we're not done yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not le- I'm not letting you leave now. No. Okay. Um, so at the end of the podcast, I always ask my guests as well. So Mix, what are you asking for a friend? Anyone got uh, a really good manager that they could, you know, <laughs> recommend? Because I've been self-managed for six years and it's been really cool and I love it. But I'm actually really, really excited to expand my team. I mean, my friend's team. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we're looking for a new manager for the friend of Tamika. So like if you have someone, I'm definitely, oh my God, this comes in. I'm going to put this in in the Instagram story. Okay, guys, we have a question. I love this. Okay. That's something I unfortunately cannot help you with. <laughs> I'm someone sorry. might. Someone, someone might. might. Exactly. Yeah. It has to be the right person. It has to be a good person. It has yeah. to be someone you vibe with yeah. on a personal level, but that person also has to be able to hold their ground definitely. in negotiations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they have to be adding to what I'm already doing. They have to make you feel excited. Yeah, it exactly. should be a fuck yes. They better love the chaos. They bet. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, you're not that bad. Like, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> the chaos is a good thing. I the chaos think. is a good thing. It is you're a good very, thing. That's very true. Well, thank you so much. Thank Before you so much we for leave, Where can people find you? Uh, it's Zero Music X I R A Music on all of the social platforms. So Amazing. Really We're definitely going to put it in the show notes as well, so awesome. everybody can everybody can find you. Yes. Send me a DM. I love chatting. So you guys, now it's up to you. What are you asking for a friend? Questions that you're too afraid to ask for yourself. So we just ask for a friend. New episodes come out every Tuesday on all the platforms that you usually listen to your podcast to. Make sure to subscribe. And also, if you like what you're hearing, which I hope you do, then please rate the podcast. This helps out so, so, so much. And I will be forever grateful to all of you. And I'm your host, Elena, as always. And you can find me at Elena Megan on Instagram. Shoot me a DM and also just any feedback sent this our way. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I catch you next week. Bye. Bye.